Welcome back to the East West Grind Podcast, episode 22, Double Deuce. How's everyone doing? We're good here. I am on that love train, motherfucker, respectfully. But I am moving my shit right here from my desk chair with this broke back ankle. One, two, three. Lift that good leg. Wiggle those toes. I cannot be stopped, you guys. I will not be stopped. I cannot be deterred. I promise you. Dinez Johnson is the best nurse anyone could ask for. My uh, sisters come through and check on me. My cousins. The Fan 5 on the daily, keeping my spirits up. Surgery, 8 a.m. Friday for all the family who listen and who I haven't been able to reach. I love all you guys. And by the time you hear this, I will have already gone through the procedure and I'm back at home. On the men. I miss my job so much. Big Daddy Phil. Dre. Gabe, Jesse and Mark, fucking Clay, I miss Clay, Dean, oh my god, all the regulars, I'll be back there soon my friends, this is only temporary, hashtag McSuber, shout out to Tim for this week's intro music, choo choo my brother, alright you guys, what do we got today, we got some gossip, I've reevaluated this fall I took, We've got some shit talk, and I don't even know what else. When we get into it, we'll get into it. So send your kids to the other room, get your coffee or DC, grab your cats, I don't know, and buckle up for this week's next episode of the East West Grind Podcast. Breaker, breaker, come on. Biggity, boom. All right, what's up, friends? Listen, as I said in the intro, I've reevaluated. My fall that I took, you know, on Mission Peak, uh, you know, a little bit back. And after talking to Dinez and getting her perspective, because she was walking behind me, so I had to get her version. That and, you know, adding in some help from my sister, Carol, who just pointed out some, an obvious that I missed, just an obvious that I just, I don't know what the fuck, boop, went right over my head, but... I now, with those two, with Dinez and Carol, I now have a possible reason for this break because it just didn't make sense. I mean, I was walking on rocks. I did get a bit caught up. I mean, I don't know. But Carol pointing something out that I didn't connect and uh, through uh, Dinez, I think we have a possible why. Side effect of Pfizer. Self-inflicted. Let's put that out there right away. Self-inflicted. But I don't know. It could be a possibility. You decide when I finish the story. But I had had the second dose of Pfizer on Thursday and went hiking on that Easter Sunday, just three days out. Normally, that wouldn't have been a problem to hike on a Sunday. I'd hiked up a portion of that mountain a few weeks before, been up there multiple times in my 40s, I walk like three or four miles a day. Usually I try to, you know, like six days a week. 
Plus, I work at a um, at a mom and pop, you know, a pizza and pub two days a week. It should not have been a problem me getting up that hill. I'm not that old. I'm just 51. That ain't old. My calves and lower legs are chiseled. I'm Melba. I walk. So again, that hike should not have been a problem. But some of the side effects of the vaccine are joint pain. Joint pain represents weak joints. Duh. I I fucking knew that shit too. So my sister Carol, she's over here last week, like, just like, bitch, I just took you for your second dose and you went hiking a few days later. What the fuck? What the fuck, Arrowhead? So when Carol pointed that out, I didn't connect it. So I poo-pooed it. I was like, no, 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 no. I tripped. I'm acting all like Fonzie and shit. Well, being president of a corporation, I mean, I'm going to have to wear a tie, maybe. A lot of paperwork. Maybe I should talk with a deeper voice. Hey. I tripped. I tripped. Which very well may be true, too. But I think because I was associating the Pfizer side effects of achy joints and bones with fever and flu-like symptoms like, oh my God, it's freezing, a thousand blankets, you know, NyQuil and Gatorade. It's flu-like. We've all had it. But I didn't have it. I didn't have that with this. So maybe because I didn't have that, I didn't have that God kill me, you know, fever and body pain after the second dose. I think I let my guard down with, uh, honey, let's go hiking. I mean, I was tired on that Friday after the second dose. Came home from work, took it easy. I think we talked about this last week. But I worked that next day, that Saturday, right as rain. All was good. I thought I was in the clear because I didn't get sick sick. But I also had some joint pain. I had actually associated that, those little joint like whatever, I associated that with arthritis pain. I don't know why. I just didn't make that connection that it was a double joint whammy during that time frame on my joints with the vaccine and, you know, hiking all close together. Anyways, later that night after my sister left and while Dinah Johnson and I were watching Guy Fieri's Diners, Dives and whatever the fuck... you're two hours east of Los Angeles and an hour north of San Diego and four hours southwest of Las Vegas. Where does that have you? Right in the middle of the wine country of Temecula. And you're saying to yourself, I need a place to eat. Oh, you got to check this out. Great, great show, by the way. If you're in your 20s and 30s, fucking get in some cars with some friends for an afternoon and take a four-hour trip or whatever just to try one of the places Guy Fieri has stopped in your part of the country. He's been to the Bay Area several times. Dinez and I have been out there checking out, you know, a couple of the places. It's so much fun. Trust me, in my 20s and 30s, I tore up a burger or Philly cheesesteak being cooked up, you know, the, the type being cooked up for Guy. Not today, though. Maybe once in a while, but not today, my friends. I'm on the couch 
sleep in 20 minutes after I eat a good comfort food like that. So good, but so bad for your ticker and your cholesterol, not to mention you're lazy and tired after. It's facts. In your 30s, 40s, 50s on up, if you want to live longer, you got to eat healthier. Hold up. My next 30 years, I'm gonna watch my weight. Eat a few more salads and not stay up so late. Drink a little lemonade and not so many beers. <laughs> Maybe I'll remember my next 30 years. My next 30 years will be the best years of my life. Tim McGraw, what has happened? to country music today, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. It is not the same. I just don't get it. But anyways, back to the to the vaccine, the hike up the mountain, and the ankle kerfuffle. And again, this is after Carol left too, so that's where we're at. But I started thinking about what my sis said later in the evening. Yes, there are side effects of the vaccine. One of them is joint pain for a few days. And as I was walking that trail, I remember feeling a bit weird while hiking. You know, there was a bit of of weirdness in how I was feeling. And after I got home at broken ankle night, I said to Dinez, man, honey, my my hips were feeling weird. And I had this weird like in my ankle and my hip, like a pinching, you know, like a like a, like a jabbing in the ankle that broke right before the fall. Possibly the vaccine? Who knows? But in any case, I shouldn't have been on that mountain that day. Lesson learned. And the moral to the story, friends, is please remember that wherever you are in the world listening to this East West Grind podcast episode Double Deuce Don't do crazy shit for a week after your vaccine. Lay low. The sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. All right, what else we got in the hopper? I was watching this documentary on HBO, fucking six part miniseries. And please, please, please don't send those emails about how HBO is fake. Okay, people in my generation and before that, even after that, But people with their heads on straight know and trust this. Listen.
this shit is so old school. And that theme song, that theme song played leading up to every new HBO movie on Saturday nights, to episodes of The Sopranos as they were released on Sunday nights. You didn't get a whole season of shows back in the day. You had to be patient and wait till Sundays. That's missing today. Patience. Anyways, it was leading up to boxing matches. I mean, a boxing match that shocked me and everyone else around the world. So much so that it's burned or glued into my memory. Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. I did not see that shit coming, man. Nobody did. It's talking about your glory days. That one moment for Buster Douglas' life, he has a job. Tell us about you upsetting Mike Tyson. What was it like beating Mike Tyson? He was invincible. How did you beat him? Yeah. You're nothing. How did that work out? They have that for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You were at the fight? Yeah. How was the energy in there? Oh, everybody thought he was going to kill him easy. I huh? mean, we were planning the after party. Mm-hmm. Huh? I flew in to party. Wow. You know? uh, me too. They did that with me too. They for the win. Me, oh, nigga. Fuck. Nigga, I'm... <laughs> I'm Dude's about to be a champion. I'm chilling. I'm fucking amazed and shit. I'm gonna knock this nigga out. I'm knocked everybody. I knock niggas out to knock them out. What's the problem with this nigga, right? So, as we know, that didn't happen, right? And now you have to deal with that with yeah. yourself. Mm. Was that hard? Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You arrogant fucking nigga. Who do you think you are? Do you really think you God, motherfucker? You're a fucking uneducated nigga that just learned how to fight and you unappreciated piece of shit this is how you treat it you don't work out you don't train you gotta deal with that Mm. pay-per-view came shortly after that if memory serves me correctly so circling back HBO is legit it's not own it's not Newsmax fucking Fox it is not it is just not they don't have knuckleheads making documentaries on their network, okay? So this this six-part miniseries, documentary, whatever you want to call it, it's entitled Q, Into the Storm. What the fuck, Arrowhead? Yeah, what the fuck? This Q, Into the Storm, it's all about how QAnon got started on and uh, the scavenger hunts or Q drops that these evil geniuses, I say evil geniuses because they're mostly like software engineers, gamer type of geeks. You got to be super, super smart to to be in those fields. It's not like an assembly line or a working class job. And I'm from the service industry. That's an assembly line. I'm not talking shit. Save those emails and DMs, please, for both of us, save them. But you'll see what I'm talking about with these guys if you... um these evil geniuses I talk about, if you watch it. And I'm not talking about like Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg or Larry Page, Sergey Brin. You know, I'm not talking about those type of uh, nerds or geeks. Negative, not them. The Q founders are not like the guys I just named off. I named off. Those guys are all leaders and they're not evil. Their mission statement is don't be evil. But why aren't they evil? That's a great question. Look at their philanthropy and how they take care of their people and what they do with their money around the world. Then come talk to me about, you know, the evil that is Google or Facebook or the Twitter founders, okay? 
Just go research them. But the four, the Q and the four 8chan geeks, they are not leaders. They are followers of this Captain Kangaroo-looking motherfucker in Jim Watkins. You guys remember Captain Kangaroo. Am I right? Colorful, magical, wonderful, wow. The captain is coming, just look at him now. Super sensational, special and new. The captain is coming with something for you. Here comes Captain Kangaroo. See, everyone in the Gen X generation and above remembers that guy. But the ringleader of all these evil geniuses of the of the Chans and the Q is this weird ass father and son duo, Jim Watkins and Ron Watkins. These guys are fucking weirdos, man. Check them out. Jim and Ron Watkins. They're out there. They're so smart that they're dumb. And the Jim guy, the ringleader, he got last year, I think it was last year, he got hauled into a closed door meeting with Homeland Security. Not Detective Dan from your local police department. Homeland motherfucking security. So on his way there, the gym guy, he's walking up the steps. He's getting interviewed before walking into the building. This Jim Watkins creeper. And he tells the cameras he hasn't brushed his teeth in like four days. He's like, I got the worst halitosis and he's happy about it. Think about it. He wants to go into a meeting with Homeland Security of the United States with intentional shit breath. Why? Who the fuck does that shit? Not somebody in their right mind. I, I guarantee it. Not somebody in their right ass mind. That's the cue and the chance. That's Coco Balls! Exactly. Cuckoo for fucking Cocoa Puffs. But these guys, they came up with some of the most outlandish, made-up shit. JFK Jr. still alive. Tom Hanks drinks kids' bloods. He's a pedophile. I mean, they made a mockery and a joke of their followers and kept those followers' fight-or-flight chemicals running hard with all the, there's going to be a cue drop. Hold the line. Trust the plan. Where we go one, we go all bullshit. Trump is secretly the president still. Fuck you. No, he's not. Go look at these guys. Some of the weirdest Dungeons and Dragons looking and sounding motherfuckers you'll ever see. And no disrespect to the Dungeons and Dragon, you know, gamers or the gamer community as a whole. My nephews are huge gamers and my man Jesse at work too. I'm not talking about those kind, those type of guys. Those Q fuckers ain't those type of guys. These guys are weird. But I mean, what a documentary, this cue into the storm. And it follows all these four and eight Chan Q people around. One little, one little guy, his name's Frederick Brennan. It's kind of a, I think he's got spina bifida, I think, something like that. But he's wheelchair bound for life. Obviously, if you watch it, you'll find out. But his tech skills created an opportunity for him to leave his mom's house and move to the Philippines where that fucking Jim Watkins, Watkins, Watson, whatever, set him up in an apartment, set him up with a private, you know, nurse to tickle him. Little dude married one of the prostitutes over there, I think. I mean, just fucked with this kid. 
Captain Kangaroo used these little guys to generate millions of dollars and followers and to plant bullshit into the minds of their followers. And those followers turned out to be those who attempted to take over the Capitol. That is who these guys of the Q into the Storm documentary are. What the fuck, Arrowhead? That is, of course, the uh, QAnon shaman who is still in jail, by the way. My brother's a huge fan of his. Uh, but that's my uh, joke. That's my joke clip lately. It makes me laugh. What the fuck, Arrowhead? See, you laughed. Anyways, but guess who's been steering and funding these Q and uh, Captain Kangaroo folks? It appears to be none other than Steve Kentucky Bourbon Bannon and Roger Stone. And remember, both these guys got pardons from Trump at the end of his presidency. They were both going to be going to prison for conning the American people, the border wall and shit like that. How could everyday Americans continue to fall for this? How? If you are street smart, these wimpy looking mofos, they don't get by you. And if you are street smarts, if you have it, and their scam gets by you, you're either bored or you're on some heavy-duty tweaker tinkering through your trunk at 3 a.m. equals addiction issues, equals weak-minded, equals easily manipulated, equals you were the target. Because nothing any of these guys does or says makes sense. But Bannon and Stone and all those guys, you know, the cues and stuff, they were pushing the Q shit before the backlash of January 6th, the insurrection, they really thought they could overthrow the U.S. government. That's how out to lunch they all are. And if you go over to Steve Bannon's war room pandemic, you cannot find any of those, uh, any of his episodes from November, December, early January, or even six months, I think, even six months before where they were pushing the queue and how they were patriots and how, you know, he himself, Bannon, was encouraging his listeners to go to the Capitol because, you know, this was their Spartacus moment. We talked about this maybe episode, I don't know, 12, 13. But all these episodes have been removed from what I could tell because I couldn't find them. Why? Why did Steve Bannon remove, or someone else, the network? I don't know. But why did they remove all those episodes promoting and supporting the queue, if that's in fact what happened, because like I said, I can't find the episodes, but I'm just asking the questions. Mr. Bannon, I'd like to be, uh, I'd actually like to invite you to come to the East West Grind podcast to answer those questions and many more I'd like to talk to you about, or I'd love to come on to the War Room Pandemic for free. You don't have to pay me to talk about all this. I'm curious. I'd like to hear your side, man. Make sure Boris Epstein and, you know, Jack Posobiec and Hasim Kassan are all there too. I've got a lot to say to you guys and a lot of questions I'd like to ask you without being blocked. Bring the MyPillow guy too. I don't care. None of you guys intimidate me. I'd like to talk. Let's talk. <laughs> Please. Mr. Jones, that's my daddy. Call me motherfucker. All right, let's shift gears. I'm going to LinkedIn real quick. And if any of my listeners or followers work at LinkedIn, 
Tic Tacs. But work at LinkedIn or know the CEO. Matter of fact, who is the CEO of LinkedIn nowadays? Ryan Rolansky? Hmm. I wonder where Jeff Weiner went. Anyways, I'm going to email this episode to you, Ryan. I've been mostly active on Twitter and Facebook marketing my show. Instagram a bit, not too much. But I never did much marketing on LinkedIn for the East West Grind podcast. I mean, I have thousands of followers on that platform from when I was a restaurant consultant and helping stabilize new restaurant concepts in the Bay Area from when I was, you know, uh, spearheading inside within, you know, the legalized cannabis space. But I haven't taken the show over too much over there yet. And like I said, also, when I was a writer for... uh, cannabis compliances and working with the CEOs and stuff. So it's, it's always been a place to share business ideas and best practices, you know, and businesses, business successes was never really any politics. So when I really jumped into politics and wanted to, you know, report full time on the politicians and news sources and, you know, and then take it to into podcasting, I took a break from LinkedIn to focus on, you know, other platforms where people were talking about politics because that was my jam. So I go over to LinkedIn recently to check things out. And I notice it's been infiltrated by political bullshit and fake news and Trump is our president memes and, and, and posts. And I'm like, oh shit, the bots have finally started in LinkedIn. Because like I said, LinkedIn has always been about business and sharing best practices. It's a platform for professionals to, you know, connect. Not so much, you know, your personal opinions on on what's going on in the world or whatever. It's all about like, you know, your industry and, you know, how, you know, how to get the best out of your people and how to work for your people. It's that type of a platform. You can see that there's these same type of Twitter and Facebook accounts inside LinkedIn now. These bot type of accounts, new accounts, no profile pic, CEO of a company that has their last name in it. You know what I mean? Like they just created a, a company or whatever. It's got, you know, you can tell from like terrible grammar and, and spelling. That's your red flag with bot accounts. And they have multiple accounts and burner accounts specifically designed to spread bullshit and bullshit memes. That's what they were doing on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And they've started to, the cybersecurity teams have started to rein this shit in. And like I said, it is now going on inside of LinkedIn. I'll put in an article about bot accounts in the show notes, just so you kind of have an idea of what I was, you know, talking about. But Ryan Rolansky, sir, you're going to need to beep up, beef up your own cybersecurity to be able to identify these fake shits and shut them down, my man. Elections are coming in 2022 and 2024. And these bot accounts are designed specifically to target individuals, present them with fake memes or news sources that support the target individual's current belief system or change it by the way of the memes and then promote the individual to share that fake content with their social media networks in an effort to recruit their sphere of contacts. Did you just follow me, sir? I know you did. That's how we got Trump 
cyber warfare. It's the infiltration of fake news to the American people through their social media accounts. And LinkedIn, Ryan Rolansky, if you don't get a hold of this shit, you're going to find your ass up there in Congress like Jack Dorsey, like Mark Zuckerberg, like Sundar Pichai, getting grilled for your role in the spread of fake shit through your social media platform, sir. Happening today, four leaders of big technology companies will be on the hot seat on Capitol Hill. The CEOs of Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Google's parent company Alphabet will testify before the House Judiciary Committee's antitrust panel. The group will appear remotely to answer questions about their business practices. Critics say the companies stifle competition and innovation. The testimony caps a year long investigation by the antitrust panel on big tech. And these guys are called to Capitol Hill at least a few times a year to answer for something. So LinkedIn, Mr. Polanski, I hope I'm saying your name right, sir. But you guys are on deck with these other tech leaders. If you let the spread of these fake news and lies run amok on your platform too, sir, you guys have kept your nose clean. It's been about business, which has been positive. I mean, I was operating in the LinkedIn world, you know, in the service industry. And, you know, as I was doing my own, you know, my own thing, but you guys were good spreading the good word for every different industry. You're going to allow politics in, you're going to allow these fake shits in. You're on deck, my friends. You are on deck. Side note, real quick, I just want to point this out. And again, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm honored. But I'm also like, what the fuck? What the fuck, Arrowhead? Let me set this up for you. This is a clip from April 9th. This is David Shallion. He's a CNN employee. And he has a podcast on CNN called Politically Sound. Check out this clip real quick. Okay, but before we get all the way into the weeds, I want to step back and try to figure out some of the very basics of the Senate. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey. Can we do a little uh, Schoolhouse Rock Live here for a moment? If you could just walk us through, just as a baseline for everyone listening, once a bill makes it through committee, how does it go about becoming law? Schoolhouse Rock, right? Very cool. That was our type of a cartoon in the 70s and 80s. It's a classic, and it's not circulating anymore. You can find it on uh, YouTube if something sparks your mind and, you know, you want to reminisce the old Schoolhouse Rock. But now here's a clip from the East West Grind podcast, episode 17, released in March, March 10th to be exact. Hold up. Remember?
Yeah, a little, little schoolhouse rock. Good memories. Okay, quick email or tweet. I got Blackjack. March 10th was us. April 9th, CNN. And this isn't the first time this has happened. Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon, Brianna Keeler, and now David Shellian. I love all you guys. I watch you. Could it be a coincidence that I put out content in a very intentional approach? One that nobody else has been doing until me. And now I see in here snippets of my content all over CNN. Coincidence? Maybe. I doubt it. Again, I'm honored that a globally respected news source like CNN could be using my business model to communicate to my or their listeners. But come on, you guys. It's called blackmail. As you know, the royal family of Britain are the wealthiest landowners in the world. Either the royal family pays us an exorbitant amount of money or we make it seem that Prince Charles has had an affair outside of marriage and therefore would have to divorce. Prince Charles did have an affair. He admitted it, and they are now divorced. Right, okay, people, you have to tell me these things, all right? I've been frozen for 30 years, okay? Throw me a frickin' bone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. Okay, no problem. All right, guys, I'm out. Stay safe. I'll see you next week. And if it's not me, I'll have someone very cool fill in for me here. We will see how I'm feeling, guys. But I ain't, actually ain't nothing gonna break my stride. I've got those Julia She and DJ Alex interviews on deck. We'll get them on the books and keep this puppy that is the East-West Crime Podcast moving like the well-oiled machine that it is. Until next week, friends, as always, I've got your back. Peace.